Hey guys, it's Joe's Julian. This week, I'm sitting down with storyboard artist for Primal, David Krentz. We talk how David got onto the show, what it was like premiering the first couple episodes at San Diego Comic-Con. We also discuss the episode that David won the Emmy with. Last piece of housekeeping before we roll into this episode. If you guys like what you hear, if you like what you see, go and check us out on Patreon, where you can have access to early and ad-free content, a special shout-out in our monthly newsletter, question priority for all of our guests, and a Patreon-exclusive video every month. Just click that link in the description below, and it'll take you to the Patreon page. Don't forget, like I said, if you are enjoying this show and you're listening, drop us a rating and a review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this episode. Thank you so much, and enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to What's My Head Podcast. I'm your host, Julian. Today, I'm joined by Mr. David Krent, storyboard artist for Primal. David, how are you, sir? I am doing good. How are you? Oh, fantastic. I've been looking to this forward to this one for so long. Primal. Obviously, it's been some time. Ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't finished season two, I don't know what you're waiting for. Go back and hit pause on this. Come back, please, and listen. But uh, check out the end of uh, Primal season two because there's a bunch of spoilers. This show, man, how would you get on this show to begin? We'll start from there, and then we'll see where the conversation goes. Oh, all right. Well, so Gendy and I had some a little bit of history. I went to CalArts way back in the early Cretaceous, I think. and. and uh, living across the hall from me, uh, a couple of years behind me in school was Gendy. Mm-hmm. Um, so we lived across the hall from each other. And, uh, you know, we talked, chatted, you know, we were kind of really in the same circles. His style was very different than mine. And, but he was all that. His whole class was just amazing. I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they were incredible. Quite a few. Uh, yeah, quite a few of them. And uh, I was running with, you know, Mark Andrews, Brian Andrews, you know, kind of that, that, that group, Tony Ceruno. Um, and, um, but we never worked together. We all went in the industry after that. And then literally almost like, what, 20, almost 20 years, 18 years later, after last time I saw him, he was working on a dinosaur film. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a realistic dinosaur film. Um, CG animated and then he was working with Brian Andrews at the time and uh, and I was hanging out with Brian he says yeah you know Gendy's doing this dinosaur show and uh, it's pretty cool and I'm like looking at Brian going Brian you you know what like you know what I do right like I'm like the dinosaur guy and he's like oh I guess I'll talk to Gendy you know <laughs> so <laughs> so anyway long story short Gendy hired me as a production designer and uh, storyboard artist, uh, character designer on that show. And uh, it was pretty amazing for me as a dinosaur guy, you know, just designing dinosaurs and boarding it all. And, and so Gendy and I kind of got, he saw how I worked and we had a very similar thing. That show was completely wordless, you know, which is something I'm such a fan of. Love yeah. that stuff. And then also it's just like eventually, like we didn't really hang out in CalArts at all, but I mean, his, his influences were like, wow, we kind of do have the same stuff, you know, like Conan and, and uh, you know, kind of really good silent storytelling mm-hmm. material. And so I guess he saw that I could tell a story with no words whatsoever, you know, and I guess it start, sort of started there. And then he kind of hired me back for the last season of Samurai Jack after that dinosaur show fell through mm-hmm. um and he had me back for one show on samurai jack so i did that it was the one with the wolf yes. in the last season and he meets ashi and then um 
yeah. And then when Primal came around, you know, he he uh, he called me about that. And I was like, yeah, man, this is like, again, silent story. And, and my episode of um, Samurai Jack, again, it was a lot of very quiet storytelling, just him and the wolf. And um, so, yeah, so it kind of turned out uh, kind of turned out good just meeting him again like years and years and years later and realize like wow we really did have a lot in common but i never <laughs> we just ran in different circles i was in i was in disney feature i'd n- never done tv you know um and then i went into live action and you know that's a whole other world and then yeah so my first tv gig was i think samurai jack Man, what a way to come into the TV universe, right? Coming with Gendy yeah. on Samurai Jack, and then you rotate into Primal shortly after, man. Yeah, I was uh, I was really thrilled because I love Samurai Jack, um, and um, you know I was so proud of uh, my friends for having worked on that. You know, Mark Andrews, Brian Andrews, and just how great the storytelling was. My kids loved it, and um, and then so. Uh, being part of that legacy was even if it was just one episode i was like yes you know Mm. yeah i was really happy about that and that was like one of the best rap parties i'd ever been to (laughs) (laughs) so do tell why was this the best or will any of this (laughs) well it was it was like a screening rap party they uh, i forget where where they rented somewhere in la but it was this big theater it was amazing theater i mean just it was literally a set from hell. I mean, they, they lit it with all these red lights and this, all this crazy Gothic architecture hanging from the ceiling. I try and get the name of the theater again, but, um, and, and there were like a huge crowd outside trying to get in because they were screening the first three episodes Mm -hmm. and this huge crowd outside trying to get in. And then the people who worked on the show, we all went upstairs and had drinks and, you know, all that stuff. And then they had to let more people in for a second screening and the energy from the crowd, they were just hungry to see more Jack. These are people who had grown up on it and now they were, you know, all young adults and just hungry for more. And um, yeah, it was amazing. And, um, and then the show started and they had uh, you know, Tyler Bates come out with this like electric, uh, <laughs> like electric violin thing and um just drums the taiko drums and i had no idea this was supposed to happen and he was playing songs from the the show and you know i had a whole bunch of drinks before that and i was just like what is happening and the lighting was incredible and i'm like the crowd was so wild it was a really amazing experience and then the show started and then you know you you see your name come up on screen and and uh you know and then you're watching your work and yeah it was it was just a really amazing the energy was insane it was so good how long were you running on that high that adrenaline rush i gotta imagine it's pretty difficult to come down from something like that from from jack um yeah just from that 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 party because seeing oh my god i'm still talking about it today (laughs) (laughs) my wife and i are just like yeah that was because we been to a lot of parties yeah i've been to like you know avengers you know all those marvel things and tons of disney feature parties but that one was just the energy was insane and it was really cool to be at a rap party with fans you know that was the big difference 
And that's pretty cool, man. And like I said, we'll jump around here just a little bit, uh, but but primal, man. I, I just had Aaron LaPlante on not too long ago, mm. obviously the voice of Spear. It's such a cool dude. I mean, just getting to hear like his side and then because he told the story about um, you guys all going to San Diego Comic-Con and then them um, showing the first episode of the first season. And then he was he said he was just blown away. He was like, I had to look out and he was like, I didn't even know. I didn't, I didn't say anything. He was like, I was just walking around with everybody. I was trying yeah. to, trying to absorb everything. He's like, cause it was crazy. Yeah. Um, when this show aired, I think it aired, you know, a couple episodes aired right before COVID happened and everybody got sent home. Um, I think it might've finished, you know, during that first year of COVID, but this show blew me away right off the bat. Like I, I can echo the same sentiment you were talking about. I love silent cartoons right because yeah. you know hearing and talking to the people a lot of those people you're talking about that uh gendy ran around with as far as the cal arts guys like the craig mccracken so randy myers i've mm-hmm. had robert alvarez his longtime director um mm-hmm. so i've had a bunch of people that have that have worked with him firsthand and they all say the same thing and, and i think he's talked i think Gendy's talked about it in uh interviews himself where when he came over to the states and he was growing up he didn't understand a lot of english so yeah. him getting just being able to watch something and you don't understand it, but you can know what they're doing or know what they're talking. There's something like that. And then I guess that translated into his style. And that's what animation is supposed to be. You shouldn't have to have dialogue, even though I love dialogue. You shouldn't have to have dialogue. You should be able to understand what's going on with the characters. Um, And then, like I said, primal, I knew it was different because of Gendy, but then I'd watched the first episode and I was like, wow, the game has changed as far as adult animation goes. Um, When you're working on primal, obviously, this question is going to sound weird, but everybody says it. He's like, you don't know what people are going to latch on to until it's out there. You yeah. hope everything's a hit. Yeah. I got to imagine with something like this, maybe you guys are just in the weeds so much. You don't really have time to think about this, but did you guys know you were onto something with the show primal while you were working on it before it was released? No, really? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's so insane to think about though. And uh, yeah. Uh, and for me, it was, you know, I saw the first uh you know five episodes yeah that came out pre-covid those ones um so i saw the first five episodes of those and i was like i had done the mammoth one you know um in that one and uh uh, again you don't know what people are going to latch on to you know uh, which episode they're going to like the best and whatnot um and it was always a surprise to me that the 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 one that i won the emmys for the um the plague of madness you know terrifying um i had no just no idea that that one would resonate with people and i mean even gendy said i think there's better episodes and i'm like i i honestly believe so too i think there's better episodes yeah. but that one just seemed to click and i don't know um part of it for me i wonder is just because it came they did that um april 1st uh so this was like basically like what two weeks three weeks after covid and everyone was in a lockdown and then april 1st came and cartoon network decided to air the plague of madness without any warning (laughs) whatsoever right and um and the weird thing was it, it wasn't the the really the next episode after those first five it was like episode seven not six yeah and so it was but man, people responded to that. And I just, I don't know, maybe that episode just tapped into a zeitgeist at the time, just this awful disease that you can't run away from. Mm-hmm. You need to face it. Uh, it's just sad, the loss from it, all of it, you know? And I, I really think it tapped into that. I think that had a lot to do with 
how that one hit, but we we didn't know it would hit. We really didn't, you know. Yeah, I mean, everybody was kind of starved for content. They were starved for something at that point. I mean, being locked up for a couple of weeks now, yeah, uh, we didn't know it was going to turn into quite a few months. Yeah, um, and then that that show was so creepy. And Aaron brought that one up. It was a very creepy show, right? Yeah. I remember watching it in the dark, and I was like, everybody's asleep, and I'm like, man, I'm gonna kind of turn on the lights because it just felt like something <laughs> was over your shoulder. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't do horror movies for that reason. I, I, I don't like, uh, I don't like being scared. But it was just like that one just felt. You just felt like the creepy crawlies, you know, it just felt like your skin was. It, crawling. Yeah, it was it was weird. And and I don't know, you know, I mean, I boarded it when we weren't in COVID. It was like, mm. I think during the, that, the summer before. And I would just go to a coffee shop with just uh, pencil and paper, you know, yeah. and just we had the treatment. Basically, that's it. Like a little Some one nice. and a half page thing of we kind of want this to happen, mm-hmm. you know, and so I would just, you know, just thumbnail this out. And it, it that one came pretty fast. You know, um, if there's been a few lightning in the bottle times in my life, in my career, that was one of them. It just, it just, it just came out. It was like, I was boarding almost, I felt part of the, the chase, you know, mm-hmm. just like, oh, and then this happens. Oh, and then when it'd be cool, that happens. And then, you know, it just kind of kept like, you kept, you know this happens and this happens so it i i um i got through it pretty quick you know and then i i i you know i stepped through the thumbs with gendy and he was just like dude this is like this is it like <laughs> like really no changes I maybe a little here and here but you know he changed the ending a little bit which i think it needed but um but yeah it was it was pretty cool lightning in the bottle and um yeah it all just clicked and you got your name mentioned on a trophy that you'll have for the rest of your life and your kids will be able to go, dad did that episode, man. So I got to imagine that feels pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And what was nice about it, I don't know. I don't know if you can see him back there on the table. Yeah. But um, the, what's cool about it is one of them was for um, uh, writing and um, uh, the other one was for um, just boarding the episode. What are the uh, uh, outstanding artistic achievement for something blah 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 yeah so it's kind of cool so the one was specifically me but I'm, i was actually pretty happy of the writing one because mm-hmm. gendy knows uh even though you know derek bachman's our our writer you know um and he's he's amazing but it was it's nice too to kind of be included in that because a lot of a lot of boarding especially in feature animation is like a lot of the story happens in the storyboards yeah you know, and you very rarely get credited for that, but it's kind of nice that Gendy and everybody in, in included the board artists in that, that we have writer credit at the end of the the show, which is pretty amazing, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And that's cool, man. Thanks for sharing that. Um, with, like I said, we're, we're going to jump all over the place. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to do probably part two, but you guys won't know. Well, I mean, you'll know because we're going to be wearing different clothes, <laughs> but we're going to splice this together a little bit later. So we're, I, what I'll do is I'll save the fans questions for the end instead of doing it now. So I don't have to split them up. Um, yeah. But uh, flash forward into season two, man. Uh, like I said, I loved, I loved how it went. What was it? 10 episodes the first season. Like it went everything. And like, it literally ends on Spear saying the first word ever uttered in this. And it's just Mira. I'm like, oh, he yeah. can talk. I yeah. was like, oh, my God. And then did you ever play? Um, I've asked this question before uh, to other people, but did you ever play World of Warcraft? Oh, heck yeah. All right. Yeah. So 
any time and you're the first person that's actually said, yeah, man, I played it. And I was like, now I don't have to really explain all this. <laughs> but it's like whenever an expansion starts, like the whole video goes and then it's opening up the next continent. That's mm-hmm. what that moment felt like to me watching Primal, that last episode of season one yeah. where he goes yeah. Mira and then you see everything. I'm like, oh, this is a world of Warcraft event. This is opening up the entire world to Spear, yeah. you know, yeah. and then you open up to his whole quest is trying to find Mira for season yeah. two. Um this everybody everybody that i've ever seen talk about this they said season one was so much better than season two i i don't think so i mean season two you guys hit a stride like i think you already knew where you were going once you finished season one and then season two picks up and it's just like banger after banger after banger like every episode hits 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 it's building 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 um from that word mira uh but when do you remember what episode you started with on season two as far as boarding and writing goes yeah, um, that would have been uh, the second one where where uh, Fang meets Red. Fang meets Red. <clears throat> yeah, uh, and we, we got a lot of questions about about the dinosaurs too. So, I'll, I'll, like I said, I'll save that for the second part. Um, <laughs> a lot nice of people. <laughs> well, well, we'll throw a free question out there. We're our first question, man. What, what's your favorite dinosaur? There's a lot of people that want to know what was David's favorite dinosaur. Oh, geez. Uh, oh, I'd have to say Gorgosaurus. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Like my son, it's it's like a it's like a uh, a very graceful version of T Rex. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't know if you saw the Walking with Dinosaurs 3D movie. Um, Maybe but, uh, it was it was basically the main dinosaur bad guy in that one. So did yeah. you see the last Jurassic Park movie, Jurassic Dominion? No, I have avoided it. <laughs> <laughs> I am not. I have passed the first two. I'm I'm done. <laughs> It wasn't bad. It was fun. Uh, it was fun, but I wonder if that's the same because it looked it looked like um, like one of the spinosauruses met a T Rex. They had a baby, and it was just very elongated. It had these weird droopy arms and stuff. So I wonder if that was the the one. Like because whenever yeah. I watch, like, I watch them with my son. My son's super into dinosaurs. Like oh, oh really? Oh, okay. and all these his his first job that he said I want to say this is like six seven years ago. He just turned uh, or he'll be thirteen in January, but uh, he was like the first job he i asked him he was what do you want to do when you get older he's like dude i want to be a ninja that snorkels slash scuba dives that also hunts for dinosaur bones and i was like bro that's three really good jobs i mean i don't know if you'll be able to do all of that at once you might want to just he's like nah i can do it because there's gonna be dinosaur bones underwater i was like i was like yeah yes there are yeah i was like yeah i understand that and he was like i might have to fight somebody off if they find the bones well, man, you kind of got me here. So follow your dreams, kids. He's working the first right. part. He's got his brown belt and uh, Kempo karate. So he's working. All right. on- well, when he gets older, I can hook him up with a paleontology part. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, man. Well, I'll let, I'll let, uh, I'll let him know. Um, <laughs> I don't even know where we we're going. Oh, uh, favorite dinosaur. That's where we we're going. Dinosaurs, uh, right? Yeah. Yeah. Triceratops. But, always been my guy. I mean, yeah. I mean, like dinosaurs and animation are just, they go hand in hand. Yeah. You know? When I saw King Kong as a kid, I was just like, the 33 version of King Kong. I was just like, Oh my God. Yeah. And then I bought the, I don't know if you remember Cinefix. They had like, I bought the uh, version of Willis O'Brien and Cinefix. Um, yeah. And just reading, you know, how they and stop mode these dinosaurs. I was like, Oh my God. And then land of the lost at this, you know, I was just like, and you know, this is like the seventies. I'm going to age myself here, but, but, you know, making stop mo films with clay with dinosaurs in them. And, and yeah, so it was always hand in hand. Well, my my interaction with dinosaurs is going to be a lot less uh, 
romantic than yours. <laughs> mine, <laughs> mine was actually the Power Rangers. Uh, you know that I, I was born in '89, so seeing the Power Rangers and uh, the the Green Ranger before he turned into the White Ranger. I don't know if you ever watched too much of the Power Rangers back in the '90s, but he was a yeah. bad guy. <laughs> yeah, no, most people didn't. Most people didn't pass my age. Uh, but uh, you know, the Triceratops, like I said, has always been a cool looking dinosaur. I always thought he was really cool. I was like, man, that'd be yeah. a cool yeah. dinosaur to ride around on. You know, here I'm gonna show you my new whole book. Okay, yeah, this is gonna go really well in the podcast, but this is <laughs> this, uh, this my new uh, I, I sculpted this one. You did that? Yeah, dude, that's crazy. Yeah, so I sculpt them in um, you know, ZBrush and I 3D print them and sell them as uh, resin kits or bronzes and yeah. So. Oh, that is so awesome. Do you have a do you have a store for that? All the links that you you'll ever want will be in the description. Do you have a store for that where people can go in? Uh yeah, there's a guy, yeah, there's a guy Dan's Dinosaur sells my stuff now. Okay. So I can yeah, I can send that link to you guys. Yeah, cool. But, that, yeah, I've, I've been doing that this stuff since ooh, 97. Dang. I was working on Disney's Dinosaur. I was a, a lead character designer on that. Um yeah. And uh, just as a catharsis to putting lips on or kissy faces on, on dinosaurs, I, uh, <laughs> I had to just like, all right, I need to make some real dinosaurs. <laughs> just get this out of my. So ever since then, I've, I've been like, you know, making these things and selling them. And it's sort of I guess it keeps my artistic identity. You know, it has nothing to do with film. <laughs> it's just oh, absolutely yeah. that's me really and, cool. me and scientists. And, you know, it's just love it so it's totally different yeah i mean i i can completely understand that man because i i cook for a living right i'm in the restaurant industry mm. and uh it's fun but it's also probably i was in the military for a little while too so i've been in places where people absolutely hate you just because of where you come from or you know you you, you just look different than everybody else yeah. um and i've never had that much stress when i was in the military compared to in a kitchen where i get to go home at the end of every single night and i was deployed three times i didn't get to go home every single night so that's just yeah. saying something so I, yeah. I do this for a living and then it's funny most people in my profession don't do anything with food outside of what they do for because you cook all day nobody wants to cook when they go home i'm that yeah. rare breed that whenever i get home i love like whatever i've learned that week whatever i've tried differently yeah. You know, yeah. I like to implement at home because I don't have somebody over my shoulder and I love the guys I work for. I don't have somebody yeah. over my shoulders like, hey, you need to do this. You need to do that. You need to yeah. do this. Just get to do whatever yeah. I want. I put on yeah. some music or I put on show primal uh, and yeah. then I cook and I watch and I veg out essentially. So yeah. it's something it's something nice. And like you said earlier, cathartic about doing something that you really enjoy, but you're not really on the clock for, if that makes any sense. Oh, totally. Yeah, it's it's wonderful. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I still keep it up. And, you know, now I have a my own 3D printer. So it's like the Santa Claus machine. I can just like, <laughs> you know, because I used to sculpt in clay all the time. And, you know, that was fun. But, you know, being a father of three, I mean, the, the times where you can just sit in your garage for hours on end and wax poetic. and yeah. <laughs> It's like oh, yeah. those days are gone. So I, 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 I was an early adopter of ZBrush, like, I bought it version 1.5, I think, <laughs> in 2004. And, um, you know, I've been using it ever since to to make these things. And, um, yeah, so. Yep. Beautiful, man. Uh, so sticking on Primal Season 2. Yeah. Just a few. 
what was your favorite episode you got to board on this? Oh this man, the one I'd, I'd say I would say yeah, plague plague was really good to board on. Um, the mammoth one was the first one I did. Whatever that a uh, cold a cold death, I guess. So I was kind of getting the feel for the show at that point and mm-hmm. just how, you know, like when he, when he takes the rock and just like smashes the mammoth in the eye, I was like, you know, I, I'll just, let's just do that and see how that flies. You know, and it's like, oh, that's awesome. I'm like, really? <laughs> I, was like, I was watching it with my daughter, you know, and um, she just like screamed and ran out of the room. This is the worst thing you've ever done. You know, like. Okay, that's that's where we're going with this show, you know. We want so emotion. Kind of getting, my, getting my chops there and just kind of seeing um, how far you could go with the acting of uh, the the um, the animals. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I think honestly, like the the episode with Mira, I really enjoyed. Um, uh, just because that dynamic was so cool, and I got to do a lot of. Um, uh, you know, it was kind of um, a little bit of there's a little bit of love triangle kind of thing going on. And yeah. I think the same thing happened in later on with um, uh, Shadow of Fate. Is that the name of it? Where she meets Red, Spear, Fang meets Red. I think kind so. Of thing, sort Warfare. of the love triangle, you know. Yeah. Um, and I kind of I kind of like that dynamic. The one with the one episode ten in season one was, uh, was Fang was a little more like a just like a a big dog that was jealous of <laughs> the girlfriend moving in, you know. Um, but I, I yeah I really enjoyed that one because you got to see a side of Fang or sorry of of, of Spear that you really hadn't before. So maybe a little in some flashbacks and things like that, but humanized him. Yeah. As stupid as that sounds, you humanized a human. Yeah. Yeah, and also the re- the the religious element came mm-hmm. in. You know, she's connected to a larger world. Um, you know that stuff just felt right to me. You know, it just it yeah. just felt right. Um, and I also love doing some of the acting with um Fang, like when he's you know climbing up the rocks and uh, <laughs> he's like he's just like you know when they first meet her and she's backed up against the cliff just like just staring at her you know it's like <laughs> Did the that was so well animated too you know just the so expressions good. you do with these with these dinosaurs and you specifically uh before before i go down that road did you do the red mist episode as well no that was mark mark andrews okay uh in my opinion that is that episode is i don't even have words for it dude it's just I've watched that episode at least once a week since I saw it air, you know, like four or five weeks ago, whatever it was. Yeah. That episode, phenomenal, man. Um, <clears throat> but the expressions that you do in specific or in, in particular with your episodes, I absolutely, oh man, I love the, I love the artwork back there, man. Uh, oh. <laughs> uh, in particular, the, the express, like you were talking about when they're, they're making that climb up the mountain and you just yeah. see, you see Fang and it's just like, I, I'm, I'm unsure about climbing up there. So I'm unsure about jumping into, into water or I'm unsure about doing this, how you guys convey emotion, how you guys convey the thought process of a dinosaur. Mm-hmm. And simp- I don't want to make it sound like it's very simple, but it's in 22 minutes. What you guys can do in 22 minutes with characters that don't speak very much that 
aren't from the same species that we don't have any kind of connection with because we didn't, I hope we didn't grow up with dinosaurs at least because um, mm -hmm. that'd be terrifying. Uh, it, it's just second to none, man. I, I've never seen a show where I can sit here and watch like I can, I can just look at this dinosaur and I know what it's thinking. I know what his plans are. I know what his motivations are. I know what his drive is hasn't said anything and it's just the simple of i can't i can't raise just one eyebrow like the rock but the the, yeah. the raise of an eyebrow or just the the corner of the mouth coming up or coming down to show it's happy or sad yeah. or anything like that it's just yeah how, how much of that is coming from you how much of that is coming from tutelage from people like gendy or whoever is just checking out your boards on a day-to-day -day basis i gotta imagine it's a lot of it's coming from you but uh, yeah, I mean, the, yeah, the original boards, absolutely. But, you know, part of, um, I mean, we worked on that other dinosaur show. It was called Giants. Mm -hmm. You know, like I mentioned before, we worked on that dinosaur show for almost a year. And so we had fully boarded the whole thing. Um, and some scenes twice or three times. So we, we kind of knew this could be done. And we knew how far to, to push it. And I'd done a ton of dinosaur stuff before where it was like that. Um, but so there was a little bit of practice there and I think Gendy kind of knew that, yeah, yeah, we, we can do this, you know? Um, yeah. uh, so, you know, I would put it in my, my, my boards and stuff and try not to get too cheesy. You just kind of treat them as a big dog. You yeah. know, I mean, I, I, I always say this whenever, you know, I'm on a show or something and there's a realistic creature and they're all worried about it showing emotion. So they've got to build in eyebrows and, and, you know, a mouth that can move and it's got to emote more and more human. I'm like, no, seriously? Yeah. I mean, an iguana can look at you, blink and turn its head and you give it emotion, right? Yeah. You put your feelings into it and it may not be correct. For all we know, dogs could be just total jerks and hate yeah. our guts, you know? <laughs> For all we know, but we we dump ourselves into it, and it's really just really simple body language, like you know, a tilt of the head. That's curiosity, you know, sitting up a little bit more. That's you know, being taken aback. Um, uh, at least in primal, that being animated, you know, it's like like um, I mean, dinosaurs can't really move their their eyebrows at all. It's yeah. just a, a, a fixed postorbital, and it could, but in live action, it's just simply you would just tip the head down, and you would get an angry eye you yeah. know um but in prima at least hey he could he could move his eyes up and down he could move the corner of his mouth so there's a lot more there to work with but um you just treat it like a big dog mm -hmm. and i think everyone can can dump their emotions on it and then and the same thing happened with with uh spear mm -hmm. there were so many times where we'd be we you know i'd be boarding it and i'd show gendy and then we'd just go you know what let's do we need to be super do we really need to spell this out? You know, like, like what he's thinking. And it was just like, you know what? I think this is one of those times. I think the audience is going to, with the music and everything, the audience is going to put themselves in his place and dump their own baggage in there Yeah. without the character saying it. And therefore it'll actually meet a broader audience, you know? Um, and uh, there were a lot of times where that was that was totally intentional. Like, let's just leave it like this and see what people put into it. Yeah. And that is, you know, so many people tell me, I love it when when Spear is thinking this. And I was like, well, that's not really, <laughs> but I'm glad you got that. You know, that's yeah. really cool. You know, you watch like review videos online and uh, oh, look at this. He's thinking that I'm like, 
okay, he could be, you know? <laughs> so. That's something I've always tried to stay away from because I'm the best fan and also the worst fan of anything I'm into. Um, there's movies out there that people absolutely hate. They think it kills a universe. Um, but I enjoyed because going to the movies, and I've said this so many times on this podcast, ladies and gentlemen, so I apologize. It's like my Disney world for, for what kids are, right? Mm-hmm. So I go there. I love the smell of popcorn. I love the red carpets. I love, I, even though I hate stepping in gum, I love the tackiness that you step into when you go into a movie theater somebody spilled something, you stepped in gum, something like, I, I love the entire, I love to romanticize about going to the movies, right? Yeah. Um, and, and getting to, getting to do this, like watching these shows, I always hate trying to put my personal opinion on what that thing was thinking of. So when I say yeah. I'm the best fan, and the worst fan, if yeah. I'm entertained for two hours, if I'm transported to a different place for an hour and a half, 20 minutes, whatever it is, yeah. I love this stuff. It doesn't matter what anybody thinks or what anybody says. So I, whenever I watch something with somebody, or whenever I explain something to somebody, especially primal in particular, I got to go. It's like, Hey man, he's like, well, what'd you think? I was like, no, 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 don't, don't listen to what I'm going to think because I'm going to tell you yeah. something that's probably wrong. You got to experience mm-hmm. this show for yourself. I, there's a couple, there's a couple things that I've, I've got like a kick in the nuts guarantee for and primal's one of them. Um, if mm-hmm. you're into comic books, it's always been Scott Snyder's run on Batman um, mm-hmm. with him and Greg Capullo. Um, there, there's a few books out there as well um, that if, if, if you don't like this, man, you can kick me in the nuts because like if I put my stamp of approval. So my sack's on the line for you guys is what I'm getting at, David. Uh, and you guys haven't let me down. Nobody's kicked me in the sack yet over Primal. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. Um, as we start to uh, wind down here, I know you only got a couple more minutes. Um, the two questions that I gave you up front, and we'll end it with that, and then we'll write into fans' questions the next time we talk. Uh, you got four Plus one. So four people on your Mount Rushmore, plus an honorable mention uh, animators. I've heard Van Halen's come up here. People's wives and husbands have come up as inspiration. But who's on David's Mount Rushmore and an honorable mention? God. Yeah, I think I don't know. This changes all the time, depending on where you are in life. Absolutely. I got seven episodes back to back to back to back where the only consistency or the only constant is Gendy. So I know it's <laughs> Okay, I would say filmmakers. I I think let's just start with the obvious here. Filmmakers. Uh, I think Ridley Scott, early mm-hmm. Ridley Scott. Um, you know, growing up with Alien, um, uh, the Duelists. Um, oh my gosh, uh, Blade Runner. And again, if you look at those, a lot of it is visual storytelling. You can turn the sound down on all of those and get it mm-hmm. you know um and uh yeah and it's just really subtle stuff i love early ridley scott um that first yeah. alien movie is terrifying because oh, there is God. no words it's all suspense you're all left there going when is this alien gonna ah it's right there you know and that's yeah. it it's quick two my seconds baby, yeah my babysitter brought me to see it when i was 11 years old so wow <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it just uh, hey dude, it was it was the seventies, you know. Like, yeah. I'm sure I was like you know smoking a cigarette and drinking a bourbon at the same time, you know. Um. Uh, but um, yeah. So that that's a that's that's a clear winner. Um. Oh my God, I'd have to say somewhere between Willis O'Brien and Ray Harryhausen, you know, just just the stop motion also they put so much character into creatures without words Mm -hmm. you know same thing like kong is just is amazing you know 
that, that little 18 inch puppet, what they could get away with was pretty cool. Um, so that's another one filmmaker wise. Oh my God. This is so hard. I know. I love this question. I love these two questions that I ask every episode. Yeah. Filmmakers, filmmakers. Okay. I'm just sticking with filmmakers now. Cause it's, <laughs> it's, oh man. Okay. A lot of these are going to be the same. Oh, you know what? Jean-Jacques Canard. Yeah. Yep. Um, Quest for Fire. I, I, Quest for Fire, I kept telling Gendy, like, you have to watch Quest for Fire. I'm going to write that one down. <laughs> he never would. <laughs> oh, my God. It's Ron Perlman's best. Yeah. So uh, Quest for Fire, again, it's, it's silent storytelling. No one's saying a word. They're saying caveman-y things, but the um it's it's just it's really powerful and it, and it, that was the one that sh that showed me you're you're putting your you can put yourself in these characters yeah you know and and feel what you're gonna feel oh i feel isolation you know like when luke skywalker walks up and stands and sees the two sons and the music score hits as a kid that one was just like oh that hit me mm -hmm. i mean you know i saw it in the theater and i was just like I feel that way. Yes. I don't know why, but I feel this way. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know, maybe growing up in Winnipeg, Canada and <laughs> feeling there was something else for me. I don't know. Um, you know, that, that brings me to maybe another one. I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to ignore the George Lucas influence. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, the, 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 yeah. You know what? I'm going to have to say Lucas, like the first, the first two Star Wars films. And um, yeah. Oh my God. And then there's Spielberg. Damn it. <laughs> well, that's, well, you still got an honorable mention. So is Spielberg the honorable mention? <laughs> Spielberg too. Like Jaws and Close Encounters and, and E.T. Um, oh my God. A whole bunch of other ones. I, oh my God. I rewatched re uh, Empire of the Sun. Was that what it's called? Empire of the Sun? Yeah. Yes. And some of his, some of his silent storytelling shots, where he gets so much story into just one shot, mm -hmm. you know, just amazing work. And it's mm -hmm. and it's sometimes it's not just like held, but it's like the only thing you can do in film is move from here to there to here and building building a story with just the visuals, yes. you know. And many times what was happening in the background had absolutely nothing to do with what was being said by the characters. You know, it was this subtext. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. So I think filmmaking wise, yeah, I'm going to have to say those. I'm not, I'm not like an animation nerd, yeah. you know, it's like, it's like what I, it's like what I do. I've made a living at it, but I kind of always look to, um, I always look to, to live action stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's really weird that way. No, that's no problem at all. Like I said, Primal feels like a film. Like it just feels like one whole movie just chopped up into individual parts. Yeah. I, like I, I've had that talk with so many people. Like it, you watch it and you're like, this is so much more than than what we're seeing. Like just it's, it's I, I, I hate saying this word because it makes it sound like I'm very pretentious when I know, and I know what I'm talking about, which I don't know what I'm talking about. I just, I just know what I like. 
Primal's a masterpiece. It's a perfect show from start to finish. I don't care what anybody says. Nobody mm. can change my mind. No fan. Uh, no, not even Gendy uh, came. Out. I was like, no, nah, this one wasn't really that great. No, no, Gendy. No, no, no. Everything's <laughs> perfect about the show. But uh, uh, the next one, and then uh, we'll end it here for uh, for this this part. Um, <clears throat> two books that are on your shelves that you think every fan of animation or anybody oh. working in animation or in the film industry, since you said you weren't an animation nerd. Yeah. Uh, what two books do you think everybody should have on their Okay, show? honestly, like I know this is such a such a like trope. Illusion of life. Oh, it's you okay. Know? Yeah, it comes up. It's yeah. Like I, I bought that uh my first year Cal Arts, you know, it's like you have to buy this. All right, I'll buy it. Like I say, I wasn't an animation nerd, you know. There it is. It's right here. It yeah. But there are times you flip open that book and you're just like, oh wow. You're blown you away. Know, like, just so much stuff you forget about take for granted mm -hmm. they had to build this stuff from the ground up i mean it is it is just all so good you know um i mean i think you know anime has certainly influenced a lot of styles these days you know and how to tell stories and, and camera moves and timing and all the rest of it um but still you, you just got to remember that these guys like had to make this stuff up they it's really the foundation had to figure this stuff out and you you cannot poo poo that you just can't you know so that would be one all right I'm trying to think of another another book it doesn't have to be on animation, but what would you recommend everybody that's into film or animation that should have on their shelves? You got one oh, that sticks out. Man. Oh, man. I mean, I have one, but if I recommend it, it's impossible to get. <laughs> oh, that's perfectly fine. There's plenty of books. Uh, and Alex talked okay. about I'm, I'm going to say this one because it, it, uh, it really influenced me in my, uh, my staging, um, my lighting. Um, I'd, I'd say some of my storytelling. Um, I was, um, there was this book that came out in the, uh, in the seventies or early eighties. It was, uh, it was a photo book of the movie alien. Okay. Um, good luck finding it for under a lot of money. Um, <laughs> but it was every scene in that movie, a photograph of every scene with just like the words or the text underneath it. And it was like literally a comic book version of the film. That's really cool. And it wasn't like cut up into small panels. They were still the wide screen. So it was like, I kind of learned, oh, how they're using the screen here when they go to a close up, and, and I could, and you know, when I would draw comics, you know, as a teenager, I would always go back to that book and just study how, he's setting things up and how he's telling the story and the lighting, his lighting is so good. Um, you know, that was, that was another one. So it, as far as putting it on your bookshelf, good luck with that. But as far as what really influenced me, I would say that thing. And I still have it. I, I, uh, I'd go to the mall and see that at the bookstore as a kid and look through it. And you'd, you'd see all the, like the bloody pictures, you know, cool. And then, but then, I could never buy it because I was too young. <laughs> but then later on, I got a copy in high school somehow. And um, it has stayed with me since. And it's just it's just dog eared. I mean, it's destroyed. But but that one had a huge influence on me. 
Beautiful. And then we'll end it here, ladies and gentlemen. We'll pick it back up.